Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Sarah Wayne. She is an intuitive healer, a mindset mentor, and a nutritionist. Welcome, Sarah. It is awesome to finally have you here. We were just talking about how we talked about doing this probably about six months ago, so it's nice to finally have you here. How are you doing today? Hey, Brad. Yeah, I'm doing great, and I'm just honored to be here with you. Thank you. It is my pleasure and my honor to have you here. So with that being said, let's Let's jump right in. So that's a hell of a lot of hats you wear and quite an extensive resume. And it would seem that all of these hats are very closely tied in together to one another. How do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization to you? It's very important to me because I tend to be someone who's living more in the creative space. And so I actually find that I need systems to anchor me in and keep things clear. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very <laughs> I actually love systems. I just love other people creating the systems and I use them. (laughs) (laughs) And so with wearing multiple hats and being a multidisciplinary, I would love to know what your morning routine looks like. Oh, my morning routine. I do have a seven-year-old with special needs who has a lot of sleep challenges at times. And so it depends. I'll just say that it always depends. But it's morning when I'm in my ideal flow is I I wake up before she does (laughs) and (laughs) I have a huge glass of water always. And then I have some lemon water and then I get into some movement. I like to flow into, it's funny, I actually been doing this sun salutation since I don't even know how long it's been, maybe 20 years now. And it's just my go-to every morning. If I have that, I'm good. And so I'll do my movement. I like to keep my body flexible and just connected. I spend some time in journaling and just reflecting on what I'm grateful for and being clear about the day, how I want to bring my energy into the day. And then I'm usually in mom mode, (laughs) taking care of my little one or getting into (laughs) work mode, depending on the day. Yeah. Split between work and mom mode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. What were you doing before you made the jump into entrepreneurship? Before I went that path, and that was a whole twisty path in itself, I was actually just finished college as a graphic designer and was a few years into that career. And then I couldn't keep up with that career because my body was actually deteriorating and I couldn't even use my hands to use the computer for more than a few moments at a time without taking a break. So I was like, I got to do something different here. Obviously, this is not going to be my career. 
And that just led me into figuring out what I was more passionate about, which was nutrition and healing. I was way more interested in how to heal my body because I was very sick at the time. And so I decided to go back to school and become a nutritionist and then start building my business after that. And so how long then did you work as a graphic designer? Like how long was that journey for you? It was about three or four years. Yeah, about three or four years. I had done some work and it was all perfect timing. It was time to go. I wasn't even truly that passionate about the career itself. I realized that it wasn't my thing. And so it was my body's way of saying, let's get out of here. This isn't for you. So what led you down the path then to graphic design in the first place? Oh, <laughs> to be honest, in college, when I was just enjoying taking all kinds of classes, I loved the GE part. I went to San Francisco yeah. State. So I was just having fun. And I knew I had to pick a major. And I liked flyers. I actually liked graphic flyers and things that people were making. I was like, I'm going to do that. I was actually pretty much just a shoot and see if I like it. And I ended up really loving it. I did love the classes. I learned so much about creativity and using different tools and design. I really did enjoy aspects of it. It just wasn't something I really flourished at. It wasn't something I saw myself doing long-term, but it was fun. So with the health struggles that led you going back to school to become a nutritionist, how then would you say that these experiences have helped shape the Sarah you are today, both personally and professionally? The experiences of going back to school and to find myself again, it was a healing journey. I, I chose nutrition school because first of all, I actually wanted to learn what I needed to eat. I had a horrible eating patterns and ways of taking care of my body yeah. up until then. And I started getting curious about how I could feel better if I made better choices. And so nutrition school became more about my own self-discovery. And then I realized I loved helping people with that. And I loved teaching. I absolutely loved it. So I got into community outreach and did a lot of programs for kids and seniors and disadvantaged communities. And it was just a joy to realize I could bring this awareness, this knowledge to people about healing through food and see their lives turn around. So it was just, yeah, it was me coming into my true purpose. And so what would you say then was the biggest or most valuable takeaway or lesson for you through those experiences, through the health challenges, going back to school, all of it? To trust yourself. You get a lot of outside yeah. input from doctors, from friends, colleagues, people telling you, try this, do this. Here's what you need. This is the path for you. And when it's your health, you're scared. And sometimes you, especially for me, it was life-threatening. And I decided I was going to know what's best for me. And I, I chose things that inside felt right, even if it didn't look like it was right to other people. And it can be scary sometimes, but I have learned the biggest lesson is to follow my own intuition. It's important. And we have, I think a lot of us have trouble trusting ourselves, trusting and allowing. And should I really be doing that? I know that it's coming up for me and I should, but can I trust that? Should I be listening yeah. to these people? And I think that societal conditioning, parental conditioning also plays a big part in this in terms of how we put a lot of our faith and trust in doctors and what they're telling us because we're right. taught that they know they are medical professionals. They have all the answers, but it's not the case. It really isn't. And I think we're, people are learning more and more about that, but it's a hard shift in mindset, I think, to start thinking about it differently. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to want that power. Yeah. It's a power, but big also, responsibility. 
but also getting out of that mindset that, hey, wait a minute. No, they don't know everything. They don't have all the answers. So what drives, motivates, and inspires you, Sarah, to keep excelling at all that you do? It's a, a deep knowing within me that this is why I came here. I feel very connected to my path. I feel very connected to my spiritual connection to the vision of this world, of this planet. I'm very much a seer into what's unfolding. And that's my why. I'm here for the ride. I'm here for all of this here on earth. And I (laughs) want to show up and be a contributor to the best and highest for this place. It's incredibly powerful when you find your why, your purpose, and your mission here on this planet and start to do that work. It's just an amazing feeling. I think it's one of the most incredible feelings in the world. Yes. Now, how long then have you been doing the healing work that you're doing now? So after nutrition work, I did nutrition work for maybe, oh, eight, nine years, just focused solely on that. I worked in doctor's offices, chiropractors, all sorts of different places, and then This was back in 2000, maybe 13, when I started just getting really frustrated. I'd share with everybody what to do, what would help and help them heal, and they wouldn't do it. Or they'd say, oh, it's too hard. Or I'd hear a lot of excuses. And I started just feeling frustrated that people weren't doing the things that would actually help them heal. And so I became more curious about why is that? What is that mindset? Why do people get stuck in that place? And So I started diving more into just how the mind works, neuroplasticity, how do we retrain the brain, the subconscious mind. I just became just geeked out on all of that. Anything I could get (laughs) my hand on, Dr. Bruce Lipton really opened my mind up to a lot of how we create our reality through our thoughts and just went down many rabbit holes around how we can heal beyond just what we put in our body. Food and nutrition was great and herbs and all that beautiful stuff, but and it's important, it's foundational. And yet I knew there was something to do with how we thought about ourselves. Like why did someone do all the things right and yet they were still sick? So that led me to doing a lot with mindset shifting and learning how to help people change the beliefs in their mind. And then I also became a lot more intuitive in my work and doing energy healing with Reiki and different modalities like quantum touch and just actually developing my own as well. And I realized that something I was gifted in was to move energy through people's body to help them release pain and stress and tension and dis-ease. So that's a long answer to that. I don't know if that fully answers your question. No, that's okay. No, yeah, that's fine. So what were you finding then was one of the common reasons that people were so resistant? You know, a lot of it is people feel it's just going to be harder. They they put up a barrier if it's going to be too hard. There's the letting go of what you're familiar with can be scary, right? People get really attached to their... Mm to their chocolate or to their cheese or to their whatever happens to be their bread. I'm not saying that's something everyone has to get rid of, but I'm just saying for that particular person, if there's something that they need to let go of, but they're so attached to it, their mind can really trick them into thinking that's more uncomfortable than actually feeling healthier. So a lot of people have a mindset of what are others going to think about me? The acceptance. There's this acceptance. If I change, I won't be accepted by the people in my family or People will look at me weird and I had to get over all of that stuff. And so I I understand how that feels when you're in that and you have those beliefs and those strong identities. And it's also your identification with sometimes people are very identified with their suffering and with their pain. I know that sounds weird. Like, why would we identify with it? But that is truly what can happen is we are more fearful of what would be without that. 
because it's such a part of us, the, the health issues or the disease. So I yeah. love to help people overcome those hurdles because once you do, then you actually just take the actions you know you're supposed to take or that are going to actually be healthy or helpful for you without trying or efforting. It's quite magical. I would imagine that's a huge shift. And to see that, to see them overcome those mental hurdles has got to feel incredible for you as the person helping them to get over those hurdles. It's very yes. rewarding, I would imagine. Absolutely. Yes. So when, and <laughs> when and how did you realize you had the gifts of being a healer and intuitive? And did you struggle internally at all to first understand and realize the gifts you had? Or was it fairly easy for you to embrace? Oh, yeah. I I would say that what I thought these intuitive hits, these intuitive experiences I had, which were involved with hearing people's thoughts, feeling people's pains and emotions in my own body, and just knowing things that I didn't know how I could know them, but I'd know them. I thought I was crazy. To be honest, I thought they were curses. It was really uncomfortable going to a room and not quite knowing what my own thoughts were because I would hear everyone else's. I didn't handle it very well. I was not grounded. This was in my 20s and high school and college. It was very difficult. I remember actually getting on in San Francisco, getting on the Muni bus one day and I was really feeling good. And I think I was on my way to my boyfriend's house, going through the city and noticed as soon as this person got on the bus and went and sat behind me, I felt rage. I felt deep anger. And this person you could feel as they walked in, they weren't well. And I felt yeah. it in my heart body and I realized, whoa, there's something here. Okay. That was a whole, you know, experience of figuring out how to handle that experience in my body. And I would sit next to people and I'd feel my knee would feel fine and all of a sudden it would hurt really intensely. And I'd ask them, is something going on with your knee? And at the time saying, Yeah, I just heard it in Aikido class. So it was getting these confirmations that just I couldn't ignore. It was like this is real. I'm not making this up. How do I deal with it? So I had to go seek a lot of mentors and support to ground it in and actually then let it become a gift, then let it become something that was useful that I could actually use to help others right. with. <laughs> was that moment on the bus, would you say the pivotal moment where that gentleman got on and you just felt that rage and anger? It was so profoundly helpful because it made me realize wow, how many emotions are I taking on from others that aren't actually my true feelings? And so I had done a lot of healing through food after, but when I started to actually clear other people's emotions and debris, we don't realize we pick up on people's stuff all the time. And it's not to say that we're not needing to process it and it's not ours at some level. It's just people don't realize sometimes we don't need to go so deep into why do I feel this? Why do I feel this? Sometimes it's just letting it go and moving through it lightly. And yeah, it was just very helpful in me learning to connect with my true self. I've heard many people say that we as humans have all the tools we need within us to help in healing ourselves. Is that something that you believe in and subscribe to? Everybody has that ability? So how I would answer that is on a higher perspective, Yes, 100%. Absolutely. We do have everything within us. We have the freaking universe within us. We're whole and complete. And that's truth. But it's important not to let that be a bypass to seeking support and help when you know intuitively you need that. So it's not that you have to be the responsible right. one. I should figure this out. I need to have all the answers and do it all myself. That's not what having everything within you means. I believe it means you're fully sourced, you're fully capable, but you're also capable of knowing who's right for you, who's not. 
what food to eat, what not. It's really important that you like really connect to your internal flame, your internal source and have practices to do that so that you can make choices from that free will place and that place of sovereignty of knowing that, yes, you can heal from anything and and anything one says to you has to actually be something you receive. So whatever anyone tells you, even with doctors telling me I had cancer, doctors telling me I had MS, fibromyalgia. Yeah. I said, no, thank you. I said, no, thank you. I'm not going to subscribe to this. Yeah. And some people might think I'm crazy for that, but I went a whole route to heal myself and it worked. <laughs> I actually just had a whole extensive panel of blood and I got to see how healthy I am right now. And it's just amazing to see that. Yeah. You, you get to find your own way. You can find your own way. That is incredible. Incredible. And I love that you said that just because we have everything within us does not mean that we should or can do everything by ourselves. I think that's very important that you mention that because it's true. We we can't do this thing called life by ourselves. We need to have support, whether it's life, entrepreneurship, whatever it is in life, you have to have a support system around you to help you get through it, to have as a sounding board, bounce answers off of thoughts, whatever it is. But most importantly is to have that support system. So thank you for mentioning that. That's incredibly yeah. important. Mm-hmm. When did you really embrace your gift and decide, or your gifts and decide to start using them to help people? When you say gifts, do you mean like the intuitive gifts or like the nutrition awareness and teaching? The intuitive and the healing gifts. Okay. Let's see. There's so many places where I started to really, it, what started it was when I went and got attuned to Reiki. And the reason I did that as a starting point for turning on my gifts more was because my uh, mother-in-law actually took us to a metaphysical bookstore one day and they had an aura photo set up. And so they had someone taking your photos to look at your aura. And I was like, sure, let's do this. I, I was into crystals a little bit. I wasn't really into a lot of the energy stuff. I thought it was cool, but I didn't know anything about it. And so I got my photo taken and everyone else did too. They all had their readings with their colors and sharing what it looked like. And my photo looked very different from everyone's. It actually had a, an image of a very defined indigo angel. You could see the wings. You could see the head behind me. And there was a pink hue all around that with gold. And there was actually quite a few people, the healers who worked at this place, who had photos with that specific image behind them. And she was like, okay, we need to talk. This is the aura of a healer. <laughs> And she told me, she's like, this is the aura of a healer. You've probably had a very challenging life and you're here to help others heal. And so you've got to do some work for yourself. And so it was like, okay, I was already a nutritionist. I already was doing that work in that sense. But this took it to another level of realizing I had something within me that really needed to come out, really need to be cultivated. And the more I started accepting that and flowing with that and seeing where it led me, reading books and getting help and support and mentorship. I trained as a medical medium as well. I've worked in doctor's office as a medical medium to get practice and really seeing how I could read the body. I could really find tune how I sensed all of the information that was coming to me in all different forms so that it made sense, so that it was coherent and that it actually helped people move forward in their life. So yeah, that it was that photo. Incredible. It's so powerful. <laughs> That's just amazing. I remember you told me that story before. I was like, holy shit. Just so powerful. 
Just amazing. And how did your family react to all of that? They were just silently supportive. I think that's the best way to put it. They were just, Sarah's doing a thing. (laughs) Sarah's going to go do what Sarah's (laughs) going to do. Really, that's how I've been in my life. If I say I'm going to go do something, I'm going to go do it. (laughs) So don't try and stop. There's no stop. But no, they were just observing. I think they thought I was strange at times. And so I had to be (laughs) mindful of how much I'd share because I don't think everyone's always ready to know all about that. Is it still that way with your family and friends? I surround myself with people who this is the world. They get it. So it's easy to talk to my friends about it. My family, not so much, a little bit. They still see me as a nutritionist and I do some healing work. And it's not like a big discussion or anything like that. (laughs) But there's curiosity. They're they're open. They know that I have things and they'll they'll listen sometimes. Is that hard to take for you? Are you okay with that? And it's just, okay, you just don't understand. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. Do you oh, struggle I, with that at all? Like you? No, I feel accepting of that. Very accepting. Um, yeah. Not always. I didn't, years ago, it was really challenging. You want to help your family. You want to see things that can help them. And yet I've realized everyone's on their own journey and you don't have to help everyone. It's really not my responsibility even. It's okay. It's okay that we're different and I can still rub shoulders with people who think very different than me and see the world differently. It's, I don't it's, hard, to judge. it's harder though when it's family, right? Yeah, it can be, especially when you see them suffering. I think for me, that's the hardest is when yeah. I see them suffering and I know I just need to let them come to the realizations that they need through this experience. So, Do you think they'd ever be open to you helping them if you presented that? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I tend to let people come to me. This isn't something I ever force on anyone. It's, right. I never feel that people have to have this or they need this. But there's that heart in me that wants to see people feel better. I think it comes from an old core wound too of just really feeling other people's suffering made my own body hurt. And so it was like, I didn't want people to feel bad because it literally made me feel bad internally. But I've processed yeah. that and the point where I can let that go and I can just be neutral about it. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work you do? Mm, It's the stories. It's the people coming back. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this worked. Oh my gosh, everything changed. Everything's better. Like that. I just, I love seeing people come into their own power. The way I work is I teach people how to do what I do. So I'm not taking their power away, saying, you have to come to me for this, but I give them the tools and resources so that they become empowered and become fully capable of knowing how to heal and integrate and move themselves into better places in their life. So it's seeing that, it's just seeing the results of people's lives and hearing how they talk to their kids now is more loving and connected, or their partnership is more loving and connected and the way they feel about their body. And that lights me up. It literally is the fuel that keeps me going. Beautiful and powerful. Being trained in multiple areas and other modalities, can you speak a little bit about that and how you incorporate those into your work as well as give us a brief overview of your approach when working with clients? Sure. I do approach everyone very individually, but I like to do what I call a multidimensional assessment. And so when people come into my world, I look at different aspects of who they are and what they're made of and what's going on with them. And so I do that through whether it's looking at their diet and nutrition and what they're taking in 
I also am trained in iris analysis. So I do an analysis of their iris, of their eye, both eyes to see what's going on because your iris is a reflection. It's literally a reflection of everything going on internally, your organs, tissues, glands, even your emotional makeup. And so that gives me a lot of insights into how their body works. And I also like to look at people's human design. Human design has been a tool that I've used for many years now to know how to support their energy, their unique energy blueprints and their gifts and their purpose and why they're here. That's also very helpful. And then I do applied kinesiology. So I use muscle testing and things like that to affirm for their unique design, what's appropriate, what's not. But yeah, I get in there and just really get to know someone on a very deep level. So you have to be right ready. underneath the hood. <laughs> pretty, yeah, yeah. It's like we go into the hood and check all the pieces and see what's going, what's working, what's not. And yeah, get to the root cause of what is creating the suffering or challenge in their life. That's pretty intense. Do people mostly come to you for help with nutrition and their diet around those kind of health challenges? Or is it a mix of a lot of different things? It's definitely a mix. It used to be more nutrition when that was my focus. Now, a lot of times it does tend to be some health complication. They've tried everything and done all sorts of things for their health and they still have the same issues. They tend to come to me during that time. Or they've done a lot, but they have a lot of anxiety or overwhelm and they're stressed out in their life and they can't seem to break through this mind that just runs the show. And so they'll come to me for that because really help them find peace and calm and clarity. That's a big part of my work is clarity uh, and helping people get clear on who they are, what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And then it, it tends to evolve. Really, a lot of people who've stayed with me a long time, we evolve into purpose work. And why are they here? Is their life really supporting them in every aspect? And like I said, it's a multidimensional look at yourself. And we look at the relationships that are serving and not. And the work you're doing is yeah. serving you not. And it's cleanup time. <laughs> you come to me, things are going to shift and change in your life. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. There's a catch to this work. You have to be ready for some deep change sometimes, profound changes. You have to be willing to put in the work because you're definitely going to be put through the ringer and there's going to be a lot of shifts and changes, a lot of work to do. There can be, yes. Unless someone's coming and they've done a lot of work and shifts and changes and they're really clear, sometimes it is just a little tweak. Sometimes it is just yeah. a perspective change on something and it's, wow, everything now. Okay, and now I just see a little clear. That can help also. Just that tiny little tweak. Mm -hmm. This is a great segue into mindset. As you work as a mindset mentor, can you speak to how important a part mindset played in helping you through your personal struggles and journeys and just how important mindset is to our daily routines and our successes? Gosh, yeah, I, I think that mindset is the light that pulled me out of the sludge. <laughs> I had to become obsessed with repatterning my own mind because it was just so in the chaos, dysfunction. I came from a lot of challenging experiences in my life. And so I had to rework that and just really embed a different way of thinking. And it's so pivotal to this day. I pattern my mind with listening to subconscious binaural beats that imprint the, the beliefs that I want to have in my mind every night when I go to sleep and in the morning as well. You could say it's everything for me. And I really look at too, when I spiral as well, I have my moments where I spiral into some thought pattern or beliefs that I'm like, oh, that's not working for me. So I just get curious now and I, it's a continual expansion for me. 
we never stop the work on ourselves. We're human beings and we're constantly evolving. So we always need to be doing that work. And I guess it's just a matter of the spiraling occurs a little less often because you've done mindset work. And that's not to say that it doesn't occur because obviously it's going to, but it doesn't occur as often as it used to because you've put in the work. Yes, exactly. You can feel yourself moving into more of a downward spiral and it's much easier to move in the the direction of what I like to think of as elevation and upliftment and in a more expansive direction versus a contracted, chaotic. What would you say are three of the most common issues around mindset that you come across in working with your clients? Like I was saying before, it's really the fear of changing. It's the fear that they're going to have to give up things. It's going to be hard. And just almost the premonition, like they see the future as if it's going to be a really challenging road and it doesn't always have to be. So really that's a big one. And another one, like I mentioned, was just how people are really fearful of what others think and tends to be one of the beliefs that I see underneath a lot of things for people is feeling unloved. Like at the core of a lot of the beliefs are I'm unlovable. And that can be why we binge eat. It can be why we don't take care of ourselves or don't get our health checkup. Or it could be why we don't leave the partner who's abusive or why we decide to stay in a job that's not fulfilling. There's this deep under core belief. If I'm not lovable, then I don't deserve better. And that's a big one that I break through a lot with people. I want to keep going with the whole mindset thing here, business and the struggle, the struggles that go along with all of that. So often we hear and see from experts like yourself who have overcome adversity and transformed through pain to discover their purpose, which is amazing and powerful and beautiful. I want to hear from you with all that you've gone through and come out the other side. What are some of the struggles that you still face today around mindset, imposter syndrome, things like that, just to name a few? I'm sure you'd agree with me just because we have been through the trenches and struggled and come out the other side successfully, as we just spoke about, doesn't mean there's still not going to be struggles or we still don't spiral out of control a little bit here and there. Can you share a little bit about that with me? Sure. Yeah. I'm an open book about this stuff. I'm happy to expose myself in that way. And yeah, I feel like as we evolve and as we up level in different ways, it's like we we meet ourselves in the next level of sometimes it's a really old belief that we've we thought we dealt with and I thought I'd cleared it. Here's one that's just definitely been recent, it's a lighter one, but it really was a big mindset shift for me that I had to go through, which was around caffeine, believe it or not. So I thought I was good. I thought I could handle drinking caffeine. And even though deep down I knew it was creating anxiety for me, it was doing a lot that was not supportive to my mind and my health, even though it was a little nuanced. And I I just kept tricking myself into thinking that it was okay. And then I just decided, I was like, okay, we're done. I, I ordered decaf coffee. I've switched to that. And I made the decision that I needed to really feel my own energy without that. And so it sounds little, maybe for some people, for me, it was quite a big, profound, yeah, you still get in your own way about what your body needs, even though I'm very intuitive, but deep down, you really do know. You really do know when something's not right. It's just that you can play these games with yourself to enjoy it longer than you maybe really should be for your own. <laughs> 
So that was a big one. And then also becoming a mother, that's brought up a lot of my insecurities, my beliefs around all sorts of things. Because my child, she's she has special needs. She was born with a brain injury and a genetic condition yeah. that creates a very different world than a typical child, raising a, a typical child. And so I've had to look at all of the places where I want to be in control. That has been a big one for me. Where do I want to be in control of the situation or how I think things should unfold? And I have to learn again to just release the resistance, go and trust more. And it is a continual expansion. And it's also beautiful because I've gotten to a place where when I see something where I need to evolve or it's an old belief, I'm, yeah, all right, show it to me. Because the outer world's always reflecting to us. If you want to know where you need to, yeah, if you want to know where you need to grow, just look at your world around you and what's uncomfortable or what's not working in the preferred way. And that's where you could see your edges are. And it's the more you can look into that and not turn away from it, you're going to have more fulfillment. So it's, yeah, it's really looking at how I show up as a mother and a nurturer. That's been a big one for me. Thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable and and sharing around all of that, Sarah. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately to start reconditioning their mind for the success that they want? That's funny, Brad. I always have an issue or a challenge with giving tips. And that the only reason for that is because I always know everyone's in a different place. So I can give a tip and it's going to be useless to someone and it might be helpful to someone. So I just like to preface with that, that I do know that everyone's going to be in a different space to receive. Thank you. But really, when it comes to to shifting your mind to having more awareness in that, I would say it's to give more space to yourself, to find where you can create more space. We tend to fill it a lot with whether we're watching a, a video or listening to a podcast or even music or just always having something input into us at a continual and just being very mindful what you are letting input into you and giving yourself a little more space in moments where there's nothing but your own thoughts. There's nothing but just you. So you can get more connected to what is actually going on there and see what's real, what's not, what do you want to, it's where you start to flush through what's going on inside internally. Because a lot of times we can use input from our phones and from the outer world to numb it or to, to not really face what's going on internally. So I think that's the first thing is to give yourself more space to just be with yourself. A lot of people struggle with that when they don't like sitting in silence or being completely alone with themselves, alone with their thoughts. And it's a big struggle for a lot of people. Yes. And that's the thing is once you start to see what you don't like and what's uncomfortable, there you go. That's your doorway into the healing. I love it. Thank you for sharing that, Sarah. Speaking of success, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Hands down, it's my intuition. I don't know if you want me to expand on that or anything, but it is my intuition. It's, It's knowing, it's that deep gut knowing of what's a yes, what's expansive feeling, and what's a no, what contracts. And the more I do this check-in with myself, it's an intuition can be very quick and fast. It's a flash sometimes. And then our ego mind likes to come in and give us all these other little reasons why and this and that. <laughs> and I've learned very clearly what that intuitive voice sounds and feels like for me. Everyone's unique. Everyone has their own way of connecting and feeling that. And so I've become very clear what mind sounds like and what it feels like. And every time I listen to it, it's always turns out for the best and highest. And when I don't, I really do see how in hindsight that would have helped if I did listen. (laughs) So 
yeah, I use it through everything. I use it with who I want to call. I use it for who I decide to reach out to and what email to send or what, what offer to put out. I use that in how I operate my business. It's very important. So as you said, it's different for everybody, but how would you suggest someone start to lean into that and learn how to listen to that yes, that expansive yes, and that contractual no, that contracting no? Yeah. So your body never lies. Your body is a truth teller. And that's important to realize that whatever your signals or sensations, emotions, whatever's going on in your body, know that's always a truth. Even if you don't understand why it's happening or what it's connected to, it's telling you something. It's a message. And so sometimes you have to sift through a lot of the uncomfortableness, right? Like the pain and the challenge and all this that just to get deeper into that connection. And sometimes you have to heal your gut too. So this is what I see a lot when people don't listen to their intuition or they bypass their real feelings and emotions a lot is they have a lot of gut issues. They have a lot of digestive problems. And so there can be a healing phase, a process to get in tune to that. But also, even when you do have a lot of challenges or health issues or things going on, there's still this feeling of, it comes down to what feels lighter and what feels heavier. Does having a glass of water feel lighter or does having a chocolate milk feel lighter? Just really check in with your body, not your head, but your body. If it feels lighter, then that's the yes. If it feels heavier, then that's a no. So that's the gauge thing I teach everybody to tune into at first is just start to notice the sensations with just little choices, whether you want to watch this movie or that movie, which one feels lighter to you to watch or back roads or freeway, right. which one feels lighter today and just start doing little <laughs> things like that. So that when you make a big decision, you feel more in tune with that versus having it get a little bit more hazy and difficult. Does that make sense? Yep. So practice with the small things, the little things first and keep mm-hmm. practicing on that. And then you'll become more in tune and be able to rely more heavily on that for the bigger decisions, the more important ones. Exactly. Yeah. Keeping in this same track of success, how do you define the word success, Sarah? What does that word mean to you? To me, the word success is feeling free and expansive and expressive in my aligned truth. That's success the freedom to spend my time where I want to spend it and with who I want to spend it. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Hmm. I mentioned intuition, but I'm going to say something different here. And that is really letting go of things that are no longer serving me, letting go of things when the expiration's well past due. And I've come to a place now where I can see when I'm holding on to something longer than it's really serving me and how that's what I've got to just let it go. And the more quickly I step into just letting it go, the more energy, the more excitement I have to move on to something even better. And so that's been the big lesson is like, I can let it drag out. I can take longer to let this thing go and experience the contrast as long as I want. It's my choice. But if I just let it go a little faster, I might move into something even better, a little quicker. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does the word empowerment mean to you? When I think of empowerment, what comes to mind right now is self-sourced, inspired, aligned action. So the ability to be self-sourced in taking aligned action. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Addison, my daughter. Yeah. 
so many beautiful experiences have unfolded from this deeply challenging experience. It's it just, yeah, the beauty and the contrast can't even begin to describe. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? There's so many people here, Brad. This is a hard one to choose. <laughs> now my daughter again comes to mind for sure. She really, she helped me. I'm going to go back to her. I have to because she catalyzed me into loving myself more deeply than I've ever loved myself before. And that's huge. A lot of people have helped me see that's things. Powerful. And, but she's just been that incredible inspiration to show up fully for myself first so that I can show up as the mother she needs me to be. And it keeps evolving and there's so much unfolding as I go down this journey with her. What a beautiful gift. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Majestic. <laughs> I love that. What is your favorite self-care practice? Oh, gosh. Movement. Just moving. Any type of movement. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? To love yourself exactly as you are right now. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Peace. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Oh, Self-love catalyst. <laughs> <laughs> what is one thing you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? I love my courage. Beautiful. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> Thank you. What's something you learned growing up that is apparently no longer true? Hmm. Well, that's a whole lot. I've always been digging for the untruths. That's been my whole life path. So where do I begin from that? Uh <laughs> Oh my gosh. What is untrue? I'm going to go here. Don't trust the news. I've learned that. I learned that. <laughs> Don't trust legacy media. <laughs> no. It's very, it's a, that, I have a story around that, but I'll just say I used to be an avid newspaper reader when I was, I'll just, can I share a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. So I used to read the paper in high school, even middle school, like all the time. That was just what I did when I ate my cereal. I read the newspaper literally front to back. When I, if I didn't finish it, I'd come back and read the rest. When I got back from school, it was, I don't know why I was just very much a nerd. And I learned that there would be a lot of stories in the news that they would correct. And there'd be this big story, like something horrible someone did or something happened or whatever. And it would elicit this, wow, this is crazy. This is, this happened or whatever. And then a few weeks later or whatever, or however long it would be, I would see something in the back page that would say correction to this story. This didn't actually happen this way. And, and it happened frequently. And I just realized how often do people read things and think, oh, that's the truth. That's what happened. And then not follow up and realize actually that was a misinformation. And yeah, so I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Sarah, that is a whole other podcast episode. We could go down a very deep rabbit hole with that one. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to do that at some point because there is so much to unpack there. It is so true. We are just, again, I think it goes back to the whole conditioning thing and with the doctors and all of these things, right? We're told something. So because this authoritative person says it, it's got to be true. Just like the news media, yeah. because they have said this in print or on television, it must be true. 
Why would they lie to us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wake up, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah, we could have such an incredible conversation around this. <laughs> I'm game. I'd be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> what is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Don't be a lone ranger. Don't do it alone. Build community. Do it with others. Way more fun that way. For sure. What is something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the last year? You know, that I can really put aside all my judgments of things that I do not like and still embrace and have compassion for all the duality that's present. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? I just like to have fun. I really do. That's actually, when I work with people in partnership, that's one of our agreements is if we're not having fun, let's dissolve this and let it go. And so, yeah, I like to keep things a little light. Uh, It can be very serious, but I do like things to just have a flare of joy and lightness. Life's short. We need to have fun while we're here too. It's not all about business and serious. Lighten up. We got to have fun. Laughter is good. Mm -hmm. Sarah, what is your why? I can give you a personal why. Do you want a personal why or like my bigger, I gave you my kind of universal why. My personal why is to really undo the patterning of my ancestors and my past and leave a whole new legacy going forward of health and prosperity and just really let that be the legacy of my lineage. I came in here knowing as a very young child, even I'm going off on this a bit, but I knew things changed with me. I had a long history of disease and yeah. poverty past and it changes with me. Love it. That's a big and powerful why for sure. Mm-hmm. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, do they have to be alive or is nope. it? Okay. Anyone. Gosh, this, this is a tough one because there's all kinds of people I'd love to have a conversation with. But, you know, the person who stands out now is actually Florence Scovel Shin. Do you know who she is? No. She wrote the book, The Game of Life and How to Play It, among many others. Your word is your wand. And she's a, a founding metaphysician of the word and of thought and really just so powerful and articulate in how she nuances our thought patterns. And I just, I love her work. I would love to talk to her. She's long gone. I think she's from the twenties. So yeah, Florence Scovel Shin, if anyone hasn't heard of her or look, read her books, highly recommend. The Game of Life and How to Play It. That was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely check that out upon your recommendation. Thank you for that. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? To take care of your body first and foremost. To nurture yourself first. And lastly, Sarah, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Mm. During this time of great contrast and chaos, remember to go within. Remember to stay connected to your source, your flame of truth, to Focus on only the world around you. Do not get distracted by everything going on around and stay connected to the vision you have in your heart and in your soul and continue moving forward, creating that. Let it be so. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, Sarah. Thank you very much for taking the time to be here with me today and sharing a little bit about your personal story, your journey, and the beautiful light you put out into the world through the work that you're doing. You are an incredibly inspirational human being, woman, and soul, and I'm so grateful to be connected to you. Thank you for being part of the Empowerography community and for being you. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you, Brad. Thank you so much, everyone. The pleasure and honor has been all mine. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Sarah Wayne. She is an intuitive healer, a mindset mentor, and a nutritionist. Thank you so much, Sarah. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.